Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Koontz. This is in a sermon entitled, Let Freedom Ring, and it was preached on July 5th of 2020 at our church location, which, hey, come and visit us. We're at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Clay Como. Worship services is at 11 a.m. every Sunday, and Sunday school is at 9.30. So come and listen here. Uh, Here's Pastor Philip Koontz with Let Freedom Ring. Let's now turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 17. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 17. Please stand to honor the reading of his word. While you're doing that, I'm going to read this. This is from my mother. Dear church family, thank you for all the prayers and cards for the flowers during my surgery. I love you all, Sister Shirley. Now, I don't have near as pretty voice as she does. I realize that. But I do the best I can. I don't, I'm not going to try to imitate her either. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Where the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. America is founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is an absolute fact. It's founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, was every person who founded America a Christian? Well, I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know their soul. I don't know their heart, their their heart in the spiritual sense. I don't know. I don't know that. However, I do know it is founded on Christian biblical beliefs and morals. I know that for an absolute fact. I know that. And we'll talk about that. First of all, the very first president was a Christian. Did you know that a president is the one who sets the precedence, the precedence of what we think? and how we act and how we behave, it can be absolute for certain. The last president we had, I'm not talking about our current president, but the last president we had was the only president, the only president who said this wasn't a Christian nation. The only president who ever said that, this is not a Christian nation. There's only one president who's ever said that, only one. This was founded on that, you know, in the sense that we don't have to be a Christian to be here, that is true. But this was a nation founded on Christianity, and it is a fact. It is a fact. This is a Christian nation because we were founded on a Christian gospel. Yes, you have freedoms. You don't have to be a Christian to be here. But we are founded on Christian gospel and ethics and facts and biblical truth. The very first president was a Christian, George Washington. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, every single person is failed except for one, Jesus Christ, because he wasn't a person in the sense that he wasn't a person alone. He was God in the flesh. However, our very first president said this, it is impossible, listen now, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. He said many things. That's the only one I'm going to quote to you today. He said many things. Uh, but also, we need to know that America was built on freedom, one nation under God. Now, people like to throw this up. Now, wait a minute. That wasn't originally what our Pledge of Allegiance said, and that's true. It said a lot of things that 
now that wasn't there originally. To be honest with you, it wasn't a very patriotic statement originally. It didn't only just not say that. It, it said a lot of things that didn't have to do with America originally. So they added to that. When did they add to that? 1954. Under who? Under President Eisenhower. He, w- he started to realize that he needed to follow Jesus Christ. He realized that we need to be a nation to follow the Lord. He knew that. By the way, Eisenhower knew because he had been in war. He knew that you needed faith. He not only said that, but also in 1956, he made sure that we uh, had a new motto here in America, in God we trust. He was a man that knew how important it was. Talk to a man who's been in war. Talk to a man who had to lead the army. Talk to a man who knew what it was like to see death coming at you. How important it is to know that God is on your side and with you everywhere you go. Eisenhower knew. In God we trust. You can't trust in flesh. You can't trust in yourself. You have to trust in God. It's vitally important to have God with you wherever you go. Here in America, we try to see how important it is to be with the Lord God. This doesn't mean America is always right. I'm a patriotic man, but I say thoroughly that America is not always right. But God, God is always right. And when we as Americans follow the Lord God and his morals and his truth, then we are going to be correct. Is our president a Christian? I don't know. There's a lot of things that make me doubt that. I'll be honest with you. I honestly don't know that he is. I'm not going to say he's not. I'm going to say he was founded on Christian gospel as a young man. I can say there's a lot of things he's done in his life that makes me believe he's not. There's a lot of things. I'm also not God. I'm not going to say, no, he's going to hell. I'm not going to say that. I do know certain things he said makes me believe that he believes God is real. I know that for a fact. I also believe that he needs to, if he's not, I pray every day that he comes to ask Jesus in his heart. I believe that he thinks by believing Jesus is real is going to make him saved. That's not what does it. That's not what does it. If you at home believe that because you believe Jesus is real, you're going to go to heaven, wrong. That's not what gets you there. It's not what gets you there. That's not what's going to get our president to heaven or any other president or any other person in the world. It's by believing as Jesus into your heart to save you of your sins. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. But our president makes mistakes. Of course he does. He's human. Everybody makes mistakes. So I pray for him daily, like I do you, like I do me. I pray that we all follow the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that for every single person here, at home, me. I pray that we all follow the Lord God. I pray that we don't follow our emotions because we all make mistakes. Do I think our president is perfect? Absolutely not. I don't think he's perfect. But I do know one thing. He's done more for the Bible, for Christian teaching, than the president before us and others before that. I believe he's done good, too. Do I think he's done bad? Sure. Do I think he's done good? Yes. I go for what is morally accurate biblically. That's what I go for. And that's what I'll continue to go for. I'll talk more about that as the November comes. But let me just tell you this. I am a man who follows the word first, God first, the word first. That's how it's got to be. So we have to look at this. We need to let freedom ring. That's the title of today's sermon, to let freedom ring. Aren't you already preaching? Yes, I am. But that's okay. Let freedom ring. That's what we're going to talk about today. America's built on freedom. Well, what is freedom? Well, there's different definitions of freedom. Well, we have the freedom to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that is what this nation was built on. I've talked about it before many, many times. I've talked about it, sometimes more than others. And I will talk about it today. Because now, more than ever, we need to talk about what this nation started on. I've talked about it years before. And people thought, well, and I'm talking about others that told me, yeah, but we're okay. America's okay. Are we sure? Are we sure America's okay? I'm not so sure now. 
I think it was right to talk about it then. I think it has to be talked about now. This nation was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where's your proof of that, Pastor? Well, let me tell you. I'm glad you asked. Because let me tell you, the Mayflower Compact, November 11, 1620. I've talked about it in November. I'll talk about it again. In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James. Remember, we came, we, the, the pilgrims, came from King James in England. They came and said, by the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King, defender of the faith and company, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of the king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in north northern parts of Virginia, do by the presence solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another. And it goes on. The fact is, they came here so that they could have the freedom to believe in the Lord God, to preach the Lord God, to follow the Lord God. Keep in mind that when they was in England, they had to go through Catholicism. They didn't have freedom to believe what they wanted to believe. They didn't have that freedom. They, in fact, went over to another land for a time, but found that it was morally corrupt, and they wanted to go to another land where there was not moral corruption. That's what they wanted to do, have a new land where it was morally free. And that's why they came here. That's why they're here, so that they could follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they was founded upon. But yes, they was under a king, but they wanted to follow the true king, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why they came here. Okay, but that's not what we're celebrating at this time. We celebrate the Declaration of Independence. Okay, let's take a look at that. 56 men signed it. 52 were men of faith, men of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, five of those men ended up being tortured as traitors. Nine died in the war. Two lost their sons in the war. Two of those sons were captured. These men went through a lot. And what did they say on July the 4th, 1776? Well, you all know. You've heard it many, many times before. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, okay, but God's not talked about in the Constitution. Okay, well, yes, we do talk about that. When was the Constitution? September 17th, 1787. And in the Constitution, people always talk about the preamble. Well, what is the preamble? It says this, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, insurance, domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, posterity, excuse me, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. But that is not the Constitution. That is just a preamble. In the Constitution is the amendments. The first ten became the Bill of Rights. That is the Constitution. And so people talk about that has nothing to do with the Lord God. Oh, really? Well, in the First Amendment, you hear people always talk about the freedoms. We have the freedom of what? The freedom of speech, freedom of press, and people talk about that. Why? Because when we came from the old land, we came from the old land, people uh, would be oftentimes put to death if they said what they wanted to say. They'd be put to death if they talked like this. Well, in reality, originally, when you had uh, uh, press and things like this, you're supposed to have honor. You're supposed to be about truth. Now, I'm not going to put anyone down necessarily, but let's just be honest. Nowadays, it's more about narrative. It's more about opinion. You can say what you want to say, and it doesn't necessarily have to be true. You try to make people believe a certain way to persuade them. It's not supposed to be that. There used to be an oath. 
It used to be a way of trying to make them know the truth. It's not necessarily like that now. However, in that First Amendment, I'm going to read that First Amendment to you. In that First Amendment, the very first thing on it is the freedom of religion. But you don't hear that all the time. It's the freedom of the religion. That was the first thing. Because, yes, that's why we first came, was for the freedom of religion. This is what it says. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It goes on to say, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to the petition of government for a redress of grievances. So freedom of religion, yes, those are the most important things that we started on. So we need to know how important it was that when our nation began, it was all about the Lord God, Jesus Christ. So you tell us these things, Pastor, but how can we believe? Well, let me tell you, I do have the Declaration of Independence right here. I do also have the Mayflower Compact, and I also have the Constitution right here. But how can we read this? Oh, you can read it. But let me also tell you, the writing is a little hard to read. They're hard to read. They're an old school type of writing. So you could come up and read the Declaration of Independence. I have that right there. I also have the Constitution right here you can come read. Or I have a book that has them all right here. You can come up and read those too. They're all up here for you to read, for everyone to read in English. Every single person has the right to read those things. Or go online. They're for everyone to read. The people a lot of times believe that they can't see these things. They're for everyone to see. The whole world has a right to see these things that America was started on the beliefs and the proofs of, that are in the Bible, truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you don't have to be a Christian to be an American, but you have the right to believe in Jesus Christ, to tell the truth of the Lord Jesus, to live on his love, and no one could tell you that you can't. Nobody could tell you that because you have freedom. Oh, but wait a minute. What about separation of church and state? What about that? Let's talk about that for just a second before we move on to what this is really about. Separation of church and state. Oh, you mean the misunderstood statements that people have made? People get uh, spoiled on the freedom of speech, and they misunderstand the freedom of religion. So separation of church and state, which nobody even uses correctly. Well, let's talk about that. John Adams, second president of the United States of America, he went over and made, in 19, or 1797, he made a treaty with Tripoli, which is now known as Libya, uh, and from that, people misuse that and talk about separation of church and state. Well, in that, there was a statement that was used, and people only talk about half of it. And in that statement, it says, as the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. People take that. They stop there, and they don't finish it. However, that's only half of a sentence. You can take almost anything. By the way, Satan does that. Takes half of statements from the Bible. And never finishes it. And so we don't know what the meanings really are. Well, let me finish that statement for you, just so you know. Okay. So uh, it was not founded on any sense on Christian religion, as it has itself not no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of Muslims, and as the state or states never entered into any war or act of hostility against the Mohammedan nation. It is declared by the parties that no pretext arising from religious opinions shall ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between two, the two countries. In other words, what John Adams was saying is we're not going to be like the Crusades. 
We're not going to go in and force you to be Christians. We're giving you freedom to choose what you want to choose. This is what he was saying. But people misuse that all the time. People here in America misuse it all the time. Why? Because they want to get rid of Jesus Christ from this nation, which we cannot do. We were founded on the gospel of Jesus. Without the morality of Jesus Christ, this nation goes down the drain. It should be completely obvious what has happened without Jesus Christ in this nation. Besides that, let's take a look at separation of church and state for just a minute and what that really means. Okay, first of all, the church is people. The church is people. The church is the people. And the, us people are citizens of the United States of America. We are citizens of the United States of America. We have every right, with the freedom of speech, incidentally, and the freedom of vote, we have every right to say and to vote and to do with love and with compassion. And to do what everyone else has the right to do. But what it really means, what it truly means, is the state doesn't have the right to control the church. That's what the separation of church and state truly means. But people try to misuse it and misconstrue it and try to control your mind try to scare you because that is the work of the enemy. So as much as I love America, and I do, I don't like where it's going because I hate the enemy, Satan. I hate him. I hate the enemy, Satan, and I hate what he's trying to do. He's trying to scare and manipulate the little children and manipulate the youth, manipulate their minds and their hearts, manipulate their love, make them feel bad when they love God and not everyone else. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You can still love everyone else. But you don't have to love the ways of sin. Let's take a look at the world. The world. The lost. Those who are under Satan's deception. Those who are blinded by him. They hear words like independence. They hear words like freedom and liberty. We have rights, but they don't understand the definition thereof. They don't understand it. We can do whatever we want to, whenever we want to, and they misunderstand that. They hear words like pursuit of happiness. They misunderstand that. They think it means we can emotionally be happy and do whatever we want to do. Well, in reality, that's not what prosperity meant. Uh, pursuit of happiness meant to be uh, to prosper and to do what you needed to do, to have the right and freedom of religion, to do those things. It didn't mean just to do whatever you wanted, to break the law. But we now know that people don't want to answer to anyone. They want to have no authority, no law. They want to be lawless. They want to have a lawlessness. We see that all over the nation right now. They want to have a sense of lawlessness. And they, why? Because they want to have no higher power. Why? Because there's so many atheists, so many people who don't want to answer to anyone. They especially want to answer to God. This is what people are going through. No law, no God. They make a law of themselves, a God of themselves. This is sad. We're living in a sad time right now. Do we have rights do we have a right to choose what we want to in our lives? Absolutely. The Bible says that we can. However, just because we have the right to do it doesn't make it right to do it. Let's look real quick in Genesis chapter 11 and 14 and 19. We're not going to read all these, but I'm going to tell you what happened here. There's a man by the name of Lot. And Lot, he was raised by his uncle, his uncle Abraham. Lot was a son of Haran, the nephew of Abraham. And Lot was raised, because Haran was no longer around, Lot was raised by his uncle Abraham. He followed his uncle to Canaan. Uh, Abraham was chosen by God. Abraham followed God with all his heart, with all his soul. Abraham was going to bring a nation. 
that God had chosen. A great nation. A nation that would bring us a promise. A promise of new life. A promise of freedom. A promise of freedom through the Lord Jesus. The only kind of true freedom that could ever be brought to us. That was through Abraham. Because of obedience to the Lord God. Not because of what we do, but because of obedience to the one that could bring it to us. That was through Abraham. Lot was following Abraham who was being obedient. But Lot at some point in time, who was being uh, obedient himself at, for a time, he was also prosperous because of being obedient. You could say they were too prosperous because Abraham had many, many uh, helpers, many, many servants, many, many uh, cattle and oxen and all that. And Lot had the same. But there were problems, fights between the helpers, between Lot and Abraham. And so therefore, they had to separate. And Lot got to make a choice. They looked to the left, he looked to the right. But he looked to a land, he looked to a land of Sodom, and he got to see this land already was fortified, already had an awful lot of great stuff. He wouldn't have to work as hard. So he decided to take that land. You go on, Uncle Abraham, for your own good. And in reality, that's true. But he said, you go on. I'll take this land, and you go on. And so Abraham did. God blessed Abraham. He really did. He blessed Abraham for following him. And Abraham went on. But Lot, he didn't even stay out in the field. Lot decided to go into that city, the city of filth, the city of garbage. And what do I mean by that? Morally. He went to a moral filth. Immorality. Because these people were not following the laws of God. They're following their immoral ways. He got to go in and be with these people in Sodom. It was lush. It had lots of rich promises. But the city was perverse, just like their neighbor city, the neighbor city of Gomorrah. These places were so perverse. Perhaps the people couldn't see it because once you're in the perverse bath, the dirty, disgusting water, you don't realize it at first that it's getting perverse. You don't realize that. I'm sure you've been in a bath before and you've seen the oily, disgusting, dirty water. And at the time, you don't realize it's that way. But when you get out and you see the floaty little bubbles of disgustingness, you're like, ugh, I didn't realize it. Well, that's what was happening. He was in that water of filth and disgust. He went out of there out of selfishness. He went to Sodom, and he didn't even realize when he was in it what kind of filth he was floating in. But that is what Lot was doing. He was floating in the filth. Well, we know that God sent angels to Abraham, and he said to him, he said, I am going to go destroy these cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. When he said to this, what did Abraham say? He said, now, wait a minute, Lord God. What if there are good people in these lands? And God said that there are nothing but filth in these cities. He said, but what if there are good people? What Are you going to destroy these cities if there are 50 good people? And he said, Abraham, if there are 50 good people, I'm not going to destroy these cities. If there are 50 righteous, holy people. He said, okay, Lord, but what about 45? Over five people, are you still going to destroy these cities? He says, no, Abraham. If there are 45, I still will not destroy these cities. He said, okay, Lord, I hate to bother you. What about 40? What about 40? Well, there are 40 people. He said, uh, Abraham, if there are 40, I still won't destroy the cities. He said, okay, Lord. Lord, I'm sorry to bother you. What about 30? 30? No, if there are 30, I won't destroy the cities. Hey, if 30 is good, how about 20? What about 20? No, Abraham, if there are 20 righteous people, I won't destroy the city. 10? Have a 10. Can we, can we get a 10? Can I have a 10? He said, okay, if there are 10, if there are 10 righteous people, I won't destroy the cities. But that's it. So 10, 
10 out of, now, by the way, this wasn't just Sodom. Two, two cities. They couldn't find 10, folks. So a, the angels went to the cities of filth, disgust, immorality, which incidentally, Sodom and Gomorrah, what's going on in those cities, what they explain in the Bible, homosexuality, the filth, and, and all sorts of other horrible things. Sounds an awful lot like all the cities today, but we have here in America, it sounds awful familiar. We hear people living in all sorts of vile ways. It wasn't just homosexuality. There's all sorts of horrible things that they were doing, and it sounds just like what's going on right now here in America. Sounds just like it. They may use the name of God here and there in between destroying statues, in between looking up and thumbing the nose of God, in between sitting there and mocking the Lord Jesus Christ on television in song, wanting to take his name off the dollar bills, wanting to destroy paintings because the European uh, artists were white, wanting to destroy everything they can to mock the name of the Lord God. But I tell you this, Sodom and Gomorrah, America, you better get your attention on the Lord now before he destroys you. So the angels went. They left Abraham where he was. But they went to Sodom. And they spoke to Lot. By the way, Lot was not a holy man. He'd gotten out of the will of God. Didn't even realize he was doing it, but he got out of the will of God. He wasn't very righteous himself. It was, I believe it was out of the, the, the kindness to Abraham that God went and got Lot out of there. Oh, you don't believe me? Just keep reading the Bible. You'll see. Get to chapter 19. See about Lot. There was a lot of stuff about Lot that wasn't that grand. But we'll talk about that. Let me tell you what happens. So the angels go there. Lot had four daughters and a wife. Two of the daughters were married to some immoral men. The immoral men and the daughters were too busy being perverse to come with them. And the angels said, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of Dodge. And they weren't even in Dodge. They said, let's get out of here. And they didn't go. Those two daughters stayed there with their men being perverse and doing all sorts of filth. But then while the two angels came, uh, some homosexual men saw them and said, there's something about them. They're special. We, we like to get to know them. And in a biblical sense, that means get to know them in a sexual way. I'm just going to be honest with you. So they wanted to come and know them sexually. But Lot said, no, no. They were trying to come through the door. He said, no, don't do that. Now, this is what a good man Lot is. I say that facetiously. He says, I have two daughters you can have. They're talking about two other daughters. I have two daughters you can have. They've not been with a man. Take them, take them. I want to tell you something. For all those who are fathers out there, most men would die before they even think about doing something like that. You still sure Lot was a good man? No, Lot was willing to give his daughters up. Now, it's good that he was trying to protect the angels, but not at the, 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 that expense. Either way, that didn't happen because the angels smote the men with blindness. By the way, they were already spiritually blind. The men walked away, couldn't see what they were doing. They walked away. Lot left with his two younger daughters. He also left with his wife. But God told him, do not turn around. Do not turn around. Do not miss this city, is what he's saying. Do not turn around and look at this city. But as they were leaving, well, we know what happened. God smote that city, and as he smote the city, destroyed the city, the wife turned around. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What happened? Why? Well, God turned her to a pillar of salt. Why? That's not fair. Why would God do that? Because it wasn't about what she physically did. It's what she emotionally did. It's what she mentally did. There are a lot of Americans right now who have left God asunder, and they're turning around. And they're wanting things of this world. They're like walking pillars of salt. Walking around. Wanting to leave the Lord God away. And be like Lot's wife. 
So what happens after that? Well, let me tell you what happens after that. It's pretty filthy. Lot goes with his two daughters. The two daughters get him drunk. They sleep with him. Now, Lot could have said no to the alcohol. Let me just tell you. He got drunk, slept with them. They had children under him. Very disgusting. What happened after that? Well, you've heard of his kids with his daughters. The kids is Moab and Benami. From Moab, you get the Moabites. From Benami, you get the Ammonites. They fought with the Israelites for the rest of the Bible, especially the Old Testament. Yes, the Moabites and the Ammonites are all because of what Lot did from not following God, but following the people around in this perverted city, in the perverted land. And what I'm trying to tell you right now, Christians, we're not to be like Lot. We're to be like Abraham. Abraham was bold. Abraham was a promise of God to bring Jesus to the land. Abraham was bold. He was the bloodline on which Jesus Christ came. The promise of God. He was bold. He stuck with the Lord. We're to do the same. Jesus Christ said this in Luke 4, 18, to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recover the sight to the blind and to set free the oppressed. There are too many people out there right now blind, not realizing they're walking in blindness, not realizing they're walking in the filth like Sodom and Gomorrah, and there's Sodom and Gomorrah all over America right now, thinking that they have freedom, but not realizing that they're not free, they're chained to sin. Jesus Christ in John 18, 32 and 8, 36, 8, 32 and 8, 36 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus is the truth. We know he's the truth. 8, 36, therefore, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. World, listen up. If you want freedom, it's more than just red, white, and blue. You need freedom from your sins, and Jesus can set you free from that right now. Be free. Be free. It's more than having freedom of speech. Be free from your sins. Be free from the chains that you have right now. You may have the right to go out and destroy statues, but I tell you right now, that's not true freedom. Don't follow that emotional crowd because one day you will be damned for eternity if you don't have Jesus. And if you are free from your sins, if you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you should know better. You should know better than to follow the crowds, but to follow Jesus instead. You should know that. You should know that. You are to be children of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, honey. Galatians 5.1, for freedom, for freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. 1 Peter 2.16, submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves, as God's servants. We're to follow God. Romans 6, 22-23, But now, since you have been set free from sin, you have become enslaved to God. You have your fruit, which results in sanctification, and the, over, and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Be set free from the damnation that so-called freedom in this world gives you, but make sure that you have true freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have true independence. Yes, yes, yes. You have rights here in America. You have, quote-unquote, rights here in America. We all have it, by the way. Christians do, too. Christians do, too. But you also have a choice to make. Are you going to choose to be a slave to God or a slave to sin? 
I'm going to be a servant to God for the rest of my days. Thank God for that. I'd rather be a servant to him and be free, truly free, than to be enslaved to the quote-unquote freedom which gives me damnation for eternity. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have that. Right now, today, America and the church is under complete attack. We can see through attendance and devotion dedication, we are under complete attack. Attacks of the enemy more than ever. We can see attacks. You have to be afraid of what you say and when you say it and who you say it to. You have to be afraid of how you say things. My goodness. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little nervous even what I say right now. I hear things all the time. Oh, you're prejudiced. Oh, you're racist because you said that Jesus Christ is Jewish. He is Jewish. He was Jewish here on earth, that is. He was what he was and is what he is. More importantly, he loves you. doesn't matter your skin color, incidentally. It doesn't matter. He died for you all. His blood was red to wash you white as snow. We're not talking about your skin color. We're talking about your soul. I don't care what race you are. I don't care how thin you are, how big you are. I care how big I am, but I don't care how big you are. God doesn't care what color your eyes are, what color hair you have. By the way, I'm jealous if you have hair. God doesn't care about all of that physical stuff. God doesn't care. He saves your soul. It's not about your body. Quit worrying about where you come from and worry about where you're going. That's what matters. Put the cross first. Put your nationality last, because that matters not. When people say, are you an American? I'm a Christian first. I'm an American second. Actually, I'm a Christian Kuntz American. That's how it goes with me. Say, what's a Kuntz? I'm a Kuntz. Aren't you ashamed? No, I'm not. I'm not. I love America. I do. I love America because that's where I can say I'm proud to be a Christian. I am proud to be a Christian American. Absolutely. Absolutely I am. But Christians, we are to be about love, hope, and peace in Jesus. And we're to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with freedom and bravery. Not hatefulness, but bravery and boldness. One of my favorite verses of all time, Galatians 5.13. For you were called to be free, brothers. Called to be free. Called to be free, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Yes, I chose that for our scripture of the month. Psalm 119.45, David says, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. We are to walk free. Free. Are you going to be like Lot? Misuse your freedom to converse with the perverse and be adverse? Not me. No. I'm going to be like Abraham. Boldly follow the promises of God's freedom and let freedom ring. 1 John 4.4 you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Be free, Christian Americans. Be free. If there's anyone out there today who's an American and doesn't know that Jesus Christ loves you, doesn't understand that he has died for you and wants you to be a part of his family, to be his child, that can change today. Let the royal blue shine in you. Let his red blood 
soar in you and be white. White as snow. Talk about your soul. Let the red, white, and blue be more than just a flag. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, Lord God, we thank you for the freedoms that you've given us. Lord God, we do thank you for the freedom here in America to speak your word, to live your word. But Lord, we thank you more importantly for the freedoms you've given to our souls. We thank you that you saved us, Lord God, that you speak to us and through us. We pray if there be anyone out there who does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that this day that changes. We pray this in your precious holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.